This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on CityCast Chicago, Chicago Public Schools are back in the building, the White Sox are collapsing, and Big Weed is taking over the West Loop this weekend. With me making sense of it all is Northwestern professor and author Ariane Nettles and Chalk B. Chicago state air reporter Samantha Smiley. It's Friday, August 25th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning, Ari. Good morning. And so before we even get into looking back on some key stories from the week, which there were some big ones, I want to start off with a, a question that we pose to our CityCast listeners and our Hey Chicago readers, which is your favorite non-home place to cry in Chicago. <laughs> we are celebrating public tears this week. And Ari, you laughing? Sam, you yeah. laughing? But, but I, I got to hear these spots. So, Ari, I'm going to start with you. Where is your favorite non-home public place to cry in this beautiful city of ours? So, as a journalist, um, <laughs> I have cried many a tear at Navy Pier, okay? Mm. Um, many of my journalism friends have often shed some tears up and down Navy Pier. Um, Navy Pier has changed quite a bit throughout the years, but there's always going to be some good crying spots. Like we used to have this really beautiful kind of botanic indoor garden that is no longer there. That was a really favorite place to cry, you know. Um, sometimes now you go out to the beer garden, let it flow, right? Over by the boats, let it come down, right? <laughs> Even in a parking garage, let it come, okay? You know? The mirror the, the mirror in illusions. In the mirror illusions, let it come down, okay? In, in the billy goat, while you getting you a nice cheeseburger, let mm -hmm. it come. Now, you gave us a whole list. I mean, with the, I mean, at least I feel like we got something like 40 or so answers between Twitter, Instagram, I mean, and our voicemail and text. I'm, I'm probably underselling it. But, Sam, what are some of your, if not your favorite place to cry in Chicago? I can't believe y'all crying in public. <laughs> I can't help it, Sam. You can't see it come out, coming I down my it eyes, in. but I gotta, so I make, gotta this make the song cry. Come on, G. Not the Jay Z bar. Hey, I'm, I'm not even gonna reject it. Yes, Chicago is out here weeping openly. Yes. And it sounds yes. like you ain't got no place, but I feel like a butt is coming up. You know, I was trying to think. I'm like, I haven't really been outside since the pandemic, but I remember, and this one, this one is kind of, this one kind of deep, y'all. But um, when I was covering the last few high schools in Inglewood that was closing, um, mm -hmm. I was crying in those board of education meetings because mm -hmm. my uh, former high school was being closed. Mm -hmm. But I was just like so upset about it because, you know, it's like, dang, where, where are we going to have our 10-year uh, 
reunion, reunion. Where are we gonna do all this other stuff? When am I gonna be able to talk to Bar Louis? Fall. That's where you go be. At. <laughs> yeah. When am I gonna go talk to the students again about our experiences and connect mm. with them and all that stuff? Because that was, you know, that was one of my dreams when I like came back from college. Was that like I'd go back to all of my old schools and help out as much as I possibly could, um, especially because I was a first generation college student. So mm. I was like. Yeah, I was crying in those board meetings quite a bit in the bathroom. <laughs> I feel like we, for as heavy a topic this could have been, so many people have just been like, you know, crown the CTA, crown this. But yeah. I appreciate that you very much reminded us of the 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 things that we have shed tears over in this city. And we, we spent a lot of time this year. We're in that 10-year anniversary of that massive uh, closing of CPS schools 10 years ago mm-hmm. and the amount of tears that got shed in some of these favorite, best, and most unexpected places around the city of Chicago due to that. So I appreciate that you you found some levity in your answer, but still reminded us of, uh, of a very real story here. So thank you for that. It was the first week of classes across Chicago public schools this week. Uh, And Samantha, you and your colleagues over at Chalkbeat Chicago have been covering this with some amazing depth. Let's start there. The the first days back into class. What did that look like for Chicago Public School overall? What was the energy there? Yeah, it seemed like so I wasn't outside. My colleagues were. But as a state reporter, my job is a little bit different and I had to hold down the phones for us. (laughs) Um, But it seemed like people were, for the most part, on the ground, people seemed excited but nervous, as as always, right? Like, you know, the week before, you're getting your fits together, you're getting your shoes together, but then you're also, like, nervous, like, okay, maybe, like, I'm going into a new grade, and, like, I'm maybe going to a new school or a new classroom where I don't really know my friends, and so, like, how is all this stuff going to work out? And then I'm pretty sure for parents, it was like, okay, um... There's a lot of stuff I need to prep for. But then there was also a lot of parents that was on the phone with me like, I am freaking out. I don't have transportation for my kids and I don't know where I'm going to get them to school and how I'm going to do it. And can uh, my partner do this or I'm a single mom? Like how I'm going to be able to do this thing? So it was it was a mix of feelings. <laughs> I mean, we've reported last summer going into the school year, there was a um, massive hole in Chicago Public Schools ability to get transportation, get buses where they needed to be, or even for the people who got bus rides to keep it as, you know, uh, as minimal a time as possible. Were there any improvements going into this school year? You imagine there'll be some challenges, but was it anything like it was last year? You said if there was any improvements and I was like, no. Um, I saw it in your face before I even finished the question. I tried to throw in like an addendum, but she was like, "Mm." I'm sorry, but like from what I'm hearing from parents is that yet again, this school year, they were, you know, at least things were a little bit better in terms of communicating with the district over the summer to figure out transportation for students with disabilities. Um, And the district did say earlier in August that they were going to be focusing on students with disabilities and students experiencing homelessness. But of course, they have to because federal law mandates to do so them to do so. And, um, you know, a lot of parents was like, you know, I thought they were going to have all this together, but they pretty much like confirmed everything on Friday. And a lot of us didn't have transportation. We did like we didn't have transportation. We didn't know our routes. Um, one parent that I talked to on Monday was like, 
I kept telling the district all summer, I cannot take my kid to school. I need them to come mm. pick my child up and drop them off at school because I have three kids who go to three different schools. And that child did get transportation on the first day, but their bus ride was 70 minutes. And um, also another thing, especially because we're all dealing with it. I walked outside today and it was so hot. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I walked outside at 830. And I was already sweating. Um, Glasses fogged up immediately. I know, right? And so it's like, also, you're putting kids on very hot buses. And can you imagine being on, like, a very hot bus for, like, 70 minutes? That's crazy. I mean, CPS is good for a press release at the beginning of the the school year. So how are they responding to complaints from parents about transportation, about the first week of class also being the hottest week of the summer so far? So yes, CPS sent us a very long press release on Monday about all the things that they were planning to do for the first day, first week of school, the excessive heat issue that the city and the state is going through right now and saying that they're going to have at least like an air condition unit in like every classroom. Ari, I want to bring you in here. Yeah. This is your your day to day. You yes. had to put Jack. Yes. You had to get Jack Jack there and then convince him to go yes. in. Yes, yes, yes. What was the first week like in your household? My son is a diverse learner. He does have transportation guaranteed to him as part of his IEP, and he loves the bus. So he's never not taken the bus to school. So I will say CPS did ask me and they called in June before school was out and said, we will not have enough buses. Like, we're going to be real. We So would you want to be prioritized for a bus or would you want um, money to pay for your own transportation? And so knowing that like, you know, my son is nonverbal. It's hard to kind of have those discussions with him. So, like, for example, if he sees a bus, he tries to get on it. He gets really upset when he can't get on the bus. I would have preferred him to get on a school bus. But for us, we've never had smooth transportation the first week of school. It's always been, did the bus come? The bus passed us up. They say it came. I didn't see it. So there is a lot of disconnection. And I decided that... um I am privileged enough this year to be able to take him and pick him up and the money that I will get from CPS, although privatized transportation is really expensive, so I can't afford to do it every day at all. So I'm going to try to save that money so that, like, you know, on really important days where I'm like, I just can't leave work. I can't. I try to cut my day in the middle and run home and get them and do all that type of creative stuff. I'm a single mom. Yeah, and I I wouldn't just mention here and just highlight this, that, like, yeah, the parents have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to figure yes. this out. And it's a <laughs> lot of planning. It's a lot of scheduling. And there's a a lot of things that could fall through. We've talked a lot about immediate challenges facing parents, students, families this week, whether it's the weather, whether it's transportation, whether it's balancing the the optimism and the nervousness going into this new school year. Uh, And Samantha, one of your stories has also looked at some of these longstanding challenges in the district, not just the things that are impacting immediate, but the things the district needs to be not only improving on going into this school year, but things they need to be thinking about in terms of long term challenges. I want to talk about one of 
those things that we're supposed to be improving on. And that's the Illinois State Board of Education's requirement of two trained staff members per campus uh, to deal with de-escalation, physical restraint, timeout policies. And you've been following this for a while. Um, can you explain how this mandate even came from the state and how CPS has responded? Yeah, I think honestly, this kind of starts off in 2019 with the Chicago Tribune and ProPublica's investigation um, called The Quiet Rooms. And there was a lot of reporting from um, them that showed that schools across the state, and just remind you, like we have 800 plus districts across the state, um, that they were, you know, really putting students in danger in the way that they were doing restraints, um, timeout and seclusion, sometimes referred to as isolated timeout. Um, and because of their reporting, there was a law in uh, that was passed in, in 2021 that governed like how physical restraint and timeout was supposed to be done in schools to keep students and staff safe. And just to remind people like, you know, restraint and timeout, sometimes that has to happen in schools in order to ensure that a student is not causing harm to themselves or to someone else. It's just the way that it's done to ensure that, you know, you keep them safe. Um, and, and the law didn't outright ban that. It just said, like, you need to reduce the use of it in classrooms and also you need to make sure you're doing it safely. And come to find out that, um, you know, CPS had received like several warnings from the State Board of Education, like, hey, y'all not doing what y'all supposed to be doing according to this law. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. you all like, we're warning you all that you have to come into compliance. Here are some of the things that we want to see from y'all, which is, you know, having at least two um, school employees trained in restraint and seclusion at each school building. Now, of course, you know, there's like, you know, there's some larger schools where they're definitely going to need more than two. But um, at the, I guess the state board had to set the bar kind of low just so like yeah. Chicago could jump over it. Um, <laughs> and so, and so um, you know, that is something that the district has been working on pretty much throughout the year. It became pretty public to us in in May of this year because the state board was like, listen, you missed several deadlines. Now we got to publicly um, embarrass you. Shame so, you. Yep. you know, we got to publicly mm -hmm. embarrass you. Mm -hmm. And also, we need y'all to send this information to parents. So we have seen, like, the the information that they sent to parents. I think is it's very complicated. I think it's very uh, legalese. I don't really like how they're doing it. So to be quite honest, I am very skeptical of what the district has said so far. I'm very skeptical about the reporting process for these incidents because schools have to report them. I'm also, but I'm very scared for students with disabilities. I was going to say, who is most likely to be restrained or secluded? Yeah, it, most times it's okay, okay, students of color. Um, from what I could see, young men, young um, boys, and then also students with disabilities. And for students with disabilities, sometimes in their individualized education programs, they have a section there that's like behavioral intervention plan where they might list out like, hey, a student might have this behavior issue. And so this is the way that we, the parent and their teacher and their seeker and everybody has agreed that we will, 
you know, work to make sure that the student is, is okay. And sometimes they might have restraint or seclusion in their um, BIPs, which is the short term for it. All that to say is that those are the group of students that, you know, I am like concerned about who will still have to, you know, deal with these more traumatizing incidents. So what will you be watching for moving forward? I think a parent might have more on this than I do as somebody who's just looking at the data and numbers. But I would like to see um, continued communication between the district and families on this. I would like to see how are they continue to report these things, who is going to be the point person at the district and at schools for this, because I think parents need to know if something happens to their child, like who to go to to talk about these things. Well, Ari, I want I want to bring you in here. You know, you're you're raising a diverse learner. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. you're struggling with figuring out transportation to get to school. But now there is this, you know, uh, concern once they get to school. So I think I am lucky at the moment because I think my son is in a school where the SICAs, the case manager, the classroom teachers, they all work really, really closely together and they know how to calm down like the kids in their care. I see them every day when I pick them up from school now. You know, I see how they communicate with the kids. Um, But I know that that's not everywhere. And what if this is your child's first time in a new place? And what if they are not at a school where they have classroom teachers who are as supported or SICAs who are maybe they're, they're the SICAs are short staffed and there's just not enough people. And that and that is a concern that I always have as my son gets bigger and stronger and he doesn't know his strength. Like he sometimes he'll, you know, like when he gives me a kiss, he puts me like in a headlock and I'm like, Jackson. <laughs> I, I was like, I've seen the pictures of him grabbing your lip and grabbing your hair. Yes, I'm like <laughs> trying to get you a yes, hug. And he's like laughing and I'm like, you are really strong. You have no idea idea right and so if he's doing that when he's joking what if he's frustrated because he has a headache and nobody's listening to him or he's upset about something right what if he like lashes out and doesn't realize he's lashing out so it's a concern and um I don't think that as parents and I don't want to speak for everybody but I know that me I didn't necessarily know I think the background of what CPS was required to do and where they stand now and so I think making that clearer to everyone especially you know like Sam said the the students and the and the families who are, would be most affected by this I think it's important to understand While so many families across Chicago were focused on getting their their young people back into the classroom, White Sox fans were dealing with a different amount of concern this week. I mean, between stadium news, between our shortstop coming back from suspension and executives heading out the door. uh, I don't know. I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet, Mm. but it was a very difficult week as a lifelong White Sox fan. Ari, this is something that you really wanted to talk about. What's going on, G? So the thing, the biggest thing that I wanted to kind of bring attention to that I think is like just kind of universally important, whether or not you are a like fan of the sport or if you're just, you know, but just as a Chicagoan is the idea or the rumblings that the White Sox um, or the White Sox owner maybe be may want to move the team. Um, and egg, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> Sam just pulled Sam they, head, Sam just pulled head down on back to school, had to drop the glasses. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Very important, right? And so, um, as the White Sox 
is getting the team is getting close to the end of their lease at you know what the rest of us know to still be Comiskey Park but guaranteed Rayfield um there are rumblings that they are considering moving, right? And so could this be a negotiation tactic just to maybe get a better rate on the next lease? I don't know. However, it is concerning because I think, you know, as we see that it is really likely that the bears are gone, 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 right? And Stop. y'all, first of all, Stop. bears, y'all should be, y'all should be sad because y'all got, y'all got Jacoby crying. He is crying over here. T- My favorite public place to cry is in the city cast studio, yes, man. What's yes, going on? Yes. So I hope Don't I, say this. I Don't hope say y'all this. I hope y'all are happy with what you did. I hope you're happy with yourselves, Bears owners, because look at what you did. Okay. I mean, beyond the all right, the, the politics and the economics yeah. and all the stadium, just from like a like like a South, like we Southsiders, all yes. three of us. This yes. is this is where we're from. Even if we ain't popped down to 35th Street, a lot is yes. key is like are just this potential, mm-hmm, right? You, you're mm-hmm. like, the lease might be up in six years. This could be a year-long process, but just hearing, seeing those headlines, what did it do yeah, to you? Yeah, it really upset me. I think it made me angry, and I was ready to fight. I had that, you know that um, Tammy Roman meme when she got the cigarette in her mouth? That is what, that's how I was looking, like, and I don't even smoke, okay? So that's how I was looking. That's how I, I was mad. picturing New York on the bed with the cigarette yes, with her yes, shoes on, yes, with yes. the glasses That was on. me. That's how, that was the anger that I was channeling. Because, you know, this is, I think it's very clear that when you think about the Sox, Sox Park has always been a community-type place, right? Like, growing up, you know, thinking about, like, back to school, I remember, like, we always would get, like, the the Sox would give us, like, tickets and stuff if you got, like, good grades and, like, you would go and you would go with your family. There's... It's easy to park. It's easy to get to. It's also easy to get to off of the red line. It's easy to get to off the CTA bus. It's it's a part of like a place that you can go to because it's a Monday night or Tuesday night or whatever night. And still, it doesn't matter that it's school night. Your parents will still let yeah. you go, right? It's accessible. It's it's vital. It's vital, like you said, not only to the culture. It's, it's vital to, I, I think, in many ways, our identity as Southsiders. Samantha, I'm not sure if you're a baseball fan, but... Right, but you 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 grow up and you know the Sox is right there. It's right off the E-way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody comes, you know, South Side and they talk about the Cubs. I'm like, you in the wrong neighborhood. You in the wrong area. Go back north. <laughs> this is Sox. Well, we we are gonna look through all of that on Monday in our episode with CHGO White Sox podcast co-host Herb Lawrence. He's gonna give us the economics. He's gonna talk about the actors involved. What's the likelihood in the next decade that the Sox are here or gone? And so if y'all want to really get the nitty gritty and y'all don't want to read through all the articles, we got a 15 to 20 minute sit down with Herb on Monday. All right. we Yeah, we might have to fight somebody. We, uh, we will fight. Period. Uh, every single episode of City Cash Chicago ends the same way with some good news. Hey. Come on. This is our attempt to help people get through the episode, the rest of the day, the weekend with some personal, some professional good news and eventually looking forward to this weekend. Uh, Sam, I want to start with you. What is your some good news? You're reaching for it. You're reaching for it. Wait, can also I be a Leo and say two things? Because, you know, I you, of course you can. Hey, Leo. Hey. Hey. Of course you can. August 14th. August 1st. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so you got two pieces of good news for us. What you got? Two pieces of good news. So my first thing is that I'm really into reading books right now, and especially when it comes to sci-fi, mystery, and fantasy novels. And so I just picked up a debut novel by a um, Japanese-American woman um, called The Deep Sky. Mm -hmm. I I believe her name is Yume Katashi. Okay, Katashi. And yes, she did. This is a debut. <laughs> and it's, I'm already like the first part was a little bit slow, but the rest of it, oh my gosh, she got me. She got me. I'm hooked. I'm addicted. So I, I've been on my deep space bag for a while. I think the book, if I'm correct, right, it's about 80 or so um, human beings sort of going to that potential livable planet, and tragedy sort of happens on their way there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So just with sci fi and, uh, fantasy novels in general they allow me to to just like kind of step back get out of the real world and just like think about what it would be like if i could travel mm-hmm. to space or if there was fairies or if there was a dragon i mean if it was a dragon i would just run but this <laughs> book mixes up a di- bunch of different elements for me which is like you have the sci-fi because sci-fi because you're in space but you have a mystery going on and then also it's a bit of a literary kind of piece to it too because you're in two timelines where you are getting to know more about the character and the people who are on this mission it hooked you it hooked you for real for real Ari, what about you? What is your some good news? Hey, okay. So the good thing about, you know, as we end August, um, and it was my birthday month, and the really good thing about treating yourself and having a really, it's like it's like good and bad, right? It's like, oh, I had a blast. Okay, I had me a good time. But my bank account looks like I had a good time and it's <laughs> empty. So how many times you see Beyonce this summer? <laughs> technically I saw her okay, twice, but one time was in spring, technically. See, I only saw her once every um every season. So I feel like So is your good news your bank account is recovering? No, it's still empty. Oh. <laughs> I only get I only get paid once a month. So I don't get paid till the last day of August. So I say that because we live in this amazing city where there are so many free things that we can take advantage of. And so um, I miss a whole bunch of like really cool art stuff the last couple of weeks. And so I've been like really on it. Like I don't want to miss a lot of stuff. And so this Saturday, um, MCA is having an event with Blanc Gallery in Hyde Park and well, Hyde Park Kenwood. Bronzeville slash whatever, you know, um, and they are having this day long event. It's called like it's a Dorian Sylvain family affair. And it's like I love Dorian Sylvain. We had her on the podcast uh, a couple years ago. See, I'm so excited for this. And so there's like a day long. There's like panels. Um, there's conversations. And then at the end, there's like a really cool like DJ set. And so it's just kind of like it's called Saturday Night Communion. So I was like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. That sounds like my kind of party. And luckily, because it's beautiful, amazing, perfect Chicago, I could do that stuff for little to no money. So Come on. That's what's up. All right. So you got an MCA event for us on Saturday. And uh, Samantha, I will drop the link so people can figure out more about the deep sky. You also had said you had a second one. Did I cut you off before you got your second one out? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, you all good. So 
I usually have to go to the University of Chicago for a lot of my medical appointments. I saw when I went into the Mitchell Hospital that they have a boba tea vending machine. What? And I was, I saw it, I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Like, I'm still wearing my mask everywhere, but I made sure before I left that I got hmm. me a passion fruit oolong tea up <laughs> and I was, you know, with my book and I was outside reading and drinking that and it was amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Boba tea, the deep sky by Yume Katashi and it's a Dorian Sylvain family affair. We got three great starters off to uh, some good news. And then I'm going to bring us home. Uh, if people have listened to the podcast at any point over the last few years, uh, you might've gleaned that, uh, I'm very happy with Chicago's cannabis culture. It's growth yes. over the last few years. There seems like there are more artists and chefs. Um, there are more deals. And now we're having one of Chicago's largest cannabis festivals taking over the West Loop this weekend. And it's called Chicago Cultivate. It's going to be out there for three days starting today. Uh, you go out there and meet vendors. They'll have music. They'll have food. Um, you could talk with uh, other people selling glassware, people talking about, you know, the differences in the, you know, uh, the Chicago's cannabis industry compared to some other places in the Midwest. I think it's going to be a fantastic day. And uh, not only if you go, can you enjoy the cannabis festival? But then Chicago has two other amazing things that I think pair well with a day of cannabis celebration. And that's either you can head north to go to Pizza City at the Salt Shed and enjoy as many slices of pizza as you possibly can, or go south towards the Taste the Greek Town, <gasps> uh, which is also taking place this weekend. And you can walk south from the Cannabis Fest to Jackson Boulevard and take the 126 bus to Jackson and Halston. And so I, all of that to say, Saturday, you can go out, celebrate some cannabis, and then either go get some Greek food or some pizza to wrap in what I think is a, is a fantastic itinerary. So that's my good news for people high and hungry. I can, I can find some money for these things. <laughs> Thank you to our guest today from Chalkbeat Chicago, Samantha Smiley, Northwestern professor, journalist, author, parent, and nine-time City Cash <laughs> Chicago guest, <laughs> Orion Nettles. Thank y'all both for making time for us today. Love y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Before I let you go, I just want to give a huge thank you to the people who make CityCast Chicago. That's lead producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor Sydney Madden, our producer is Grant Irving, our roving newsletter editor is Natalia Aldana. The music we all love listening to is from the one and only Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. I know I say this pretty often through the week, but seriously. Thank you for making time for CityCast Chicago and Hey Chicago. It means a lot to us, not only because it keeps us employed, but all of us really enjoy making this. And the fact that you enjoy it means that we're doing a solid enough job. If you really love it, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. And of course, the most important thing is you bring yourself back here on Monday uh, while I'll talk to you bright and early. Peace. I'm a tourist, so I don't have nothing to say. Ain't nobody care about you. <laughs> I ain't even finna lie with you, G. Not only might that be the blooper, that just guaranteed you can get brought back like a thousand more times. Some often like, oh yeah, I like what people tell Jacoby to shut the hell up. <laughs> Bring them back. Bring them back. <laughs>